Welcome to the EchoCast episode 54. I'm going to call this one Grading the Community. I was going to call it This is a B-plus Community, but I figured that would be too clickbaity, and uh, I figured I would just drop it here at the beginning for anyone who actually listens. Uh, if you know what kind of went down this week, you'll know what I'm commenting on. If not, uh, listen, and I will give you my thoughts on it. Uh, at the end of the day, it's not a big deal, but I still wanted to chat about it. What I will cover today is stay of the game recap, news and updates on the raid, and a new specialization. Some community quote-unquote drama thoughts, listener questions, and content updates. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, you can do so via Anchor uh, with a link that's down below. Anchor.fm slash theechocast slash support. Or you can do it on Twitch, uh, where you can find me live as Bond Diesel a few times per week. Okay, getting into the state of the game recap. Uh, pretty simple, actually. Um, a lot of big news, but nothing too crazy. Uh, this week we had Thylander and Chris Gansler, who is uh, one of the newer CMs on the game. And they were talking about World Tier 5 and Tidal Basin and the changes coming along with it. So I don't, they didn't really talk much about like the big stuff we already knew a lot about, but they did talk about, um, you know, we we're going to get World Tier 5, Tidal Basin, we're going to get the first apparel event. Um, so surely that means that we've got, uh, you know, allegations of uh, ripping people off incoming, but I don't think it's that bad of a system. I actually think it's as good as you can do. Uh, short of not having one at all with microtransactions. We um, also found out that there was going to be uh, some big changes with the weapon mods uh, and that they mostly would not have negatives. And the only ones that would have negatives, there would be, um, they'd have to be like in the same class. So for example, we have a, um, a site, uh, a scope, that has 5% stability. And then there's another scope that I want to say is 10 or 20% stability with a negative. Other than that, they were all going to have no negatives, but they would be lowered uh, in their effectiveness. So the number, so if something was a 20% before, it might be 10% now. It just depends on which mod you're talking about. Overall, I think this isn't a bad thing. Um, the, the weapon mods as they were before this change um, were borderline useless almost you almost had to you know there were there were situations where you might have been might have been better off just not using any mods or or having a one or two spots completely open so what i think is that this solution is a maybe temporary one uh, maybe they'll work on this more later but what i have a feeling of is that the effort or the time it was going to take to get the mod percentages in a good spot was either not worth the time yet or simply not realistic yet. And they decided that this was probably the way it was going to make the most people happy. And, you know, maybe we'll revisit this later on. Um, I, I, I have some thoughts, which I'll talk about here in a moment. Uh, the big change that people hated was losing their 30 round magazine with that had basically had very little recourse uh, and uh, you know, I'll talk about that here in a moment because another big change was the chem launcher, 
was changed. Uh, so it essentially was equipped like a gun instead of um, holding, I'm on Xbox, but holding down the bumper, uh, aiming it and then letting it go to use it like on other people. Now you tap it and it equips it like a gun. And so you can use that normal aim function and it aims just like the grenade launcher for this, um, the demolitionist specialization. So I think this is a good change. What I will say though, is that I think that they need to switch it up a little bit. I think like the, the healing Kim launcher, uh, one tap should drop the heal on yourself and then either holding down, uh, kind of like the specialization weapons holding down for like a second or two, or maybe double tapping the bumper, um, will cause you to equip it so you can use it on other people. That said, I do think people maybe need to be willing to admit that the healing chem launcher in its current state, even after the patch, um, and even the 30 round magazines on the ARs, um, are crutches. Um, I think people have been overall happy with a lot of the changes between division one and two. The thing is, is though I've still seen a lot of examples of things where I think if you, sh if you showed someone outside of this game, or even if you were able to hit a button and get rid of personal bias from people who play the game, they'd be willing to say like, yeah, the healing chem launcher with its super short, uh, you know, a recharge time, uh, and it's really effective use, even with the mods being knocked down a bit. It's it's to it's the best one. There's, in my opinion, no reason to use um, the hive healer. There's no reason to use uh, the seeker mine that comes with um, the survivalist specialization. There's no reason to use the healing drone. Like literally, there's no reason, in my opinion, to use any of them. So that tells me that maybe this healing chem launcher is a little too powerful. Now the big argument will always be, well, don't make it weaker, make the other ones better. That's fair, but I don't think you can make the other ones that good. Therefore, maybe it means that they need to make the other healing better and maybe make the healing chem launcher a bit worse. Uh, maybe something like a little bit longer time to recharge and things like that. I don't know. I'm just one that tries to, because I use this healing chem launcher constantly, especially solo. So trust me, I get it. It's great to use. It's really, really good to the point of, I think it might be too good. And uh, I think it's good to have people make decisions. And I don't think it's good for people to just be able to take in what I would consider an easy way out. But I'm sure you'll disagree. If, if you do, I get it. Um, but I think that we need to think about like longevity of the game and, uh, and, and trying to make things all worth using uh, and allowing people to find their own niches. Uh, they also change things like um, how skill power works and how the skill mods work. It's uh, kind of mixed reactions to that. They, they lowered how much skill power it takes for all of the mods um, to the different skills, but they also significantly lowered how much skill power you have. Um, it does seem more realistic to get um, enough skill power to use uh, a bunch of like the decent mods, but you're still going to have to go pretty heavy um, on skill power on all of your gear and mods uh, to the gear uh, in order to be able to use like the most powerful of the skill mods. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that it still maybe probably needs a little tweaking, um, but I think overall it's a good move in the right direction.
and th that stuff was about it. I'm sure there were some little details I'm missing, but this is why I picked up off of my tweet storm. Um, and you know, I think it was another good state of the game. Uh, I definitely think that uh, the fixes are a good direction. I think that they are keeping this line of communication open. They're not going to make every decision perfectly. They're going to mess up here and there, but they've been pretty good so far, as far as I can tell about fixing things when they do get a little bit messed up about talking to us about them when they're messed up. And, um, it, it seems like they're still scrambling a bit, but I suspect here in the next few weeks, they'll kind of get their feet under them and we'll really um, start seeing some big stuff. Uh, even though a couple weeks from now is the raid. And while I doubt that's going to be a huge change for them, like gameplay wise is really, it's just a big mission. Um, but I am kind of curious to what type of things come with it, what kind of narrative uh, changes happen and such. But um, the big thing I want to say is that I've seen a lot of talk about how there's still lots of issues, um, especially with the gear sets and PvP, especially in the Occupy Dark Zone. You know, it just that kind of is what it is to a point. We'll talk about that more in a moment. But, um, you know, if, if they weren't doing things well, I'd be a lot more worried about that stuff. I think we'll see that stuff alleviated quickly, and I suspect we will see a big PvP balance pass from Redstorm sooner than later. Okay, so Division news this week. I talked a bit about the raid, so we did find out that Operation Dark Hours will be released on April 25th, which conveniently is a day before my birthday, which I planned on taking off anyways. So... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not expecting to get any worlds first, but I am excited to play that with some people. Hopefully we can get some people from the scrub club clan to jump in there and we can get some extra rewards, uh, or, you know, I'll play with whoever we will figure it out. What I will say is that there's already been a lot of leaks about the, uh, raid. So if you're looking to go into it completely blind and just enjoying it, and I highly suggest being very, very careful about what you read over the next couple of weeks. Uh, if you're looking for a world's first, though, maybe you'll want to do a little exploring. From what I've seen, it doesn't seem like there's anything completely like uh, spoiling, you know, or telling you exactly how to complete the raid. But there's definitely it seems like um, some hints and and hints and such about it. Now, a lot of that stuff could be changed or different. I believe this all came from people who were looking into the files of the game, and obviously those things are not finalized. So just be wary if you're trying to keep your uh, eyes closed on a lot of this stuff. A uh, new specialization we found out is going to be a Gatling gun or a, a mini gun, whatever your nomenclature for it is. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about it. Otherwise, I'm kind of curious to how it's going to handle um, like ammo drops and stuff like that. I suspect it'll drop like 20 rounds at a time or something because uh, the nature of this gun is that it goes through ammo hilariously quickly. And uh, I'm kind of curious to how they're going to uh, dole out ammo for this thing so that you can actually have a chance to use it here and there for more than like a second at a time. So we shall see. I think that's really cool. Um, we saw um, in a trailer that showed uh, the Dark Hours raid and this new specialization. Uh, it also showed uh, kind of like silhouetted pictures of the other two specializations coming this year. But from what I could tell, it didn't really seem like it was going to completely give away what, uh, you know, is coming. So, yeah, there's that. 
So that's, I think, the majority of the news I could scrape up uh, for this. And, uh, and there we have it. So now we have mid-roll time. Okay, so jumping into community topics and discussion. Okay, so community communication. Um, so there's a bunch of different ways that people communicate um, in this in this uh, in the in the gaming world in general, uh, just in general in real life. Um, but you know, I kind of break it down into a few things because you know, like if you have a Twitter account or Facebook or whatever, and you just have a bunch of friends on there, people you know, or maybe people you don't. Um, that tends to just be uh, one human expressing ideas towards another, right? What's unique about being involved in a gaming community, in my opinion, is that uh, there's there's like a hierarchy. And it's mostly artificial. You know, it's not like, you know, one user has more power over another. Uh, uh, not exactly. Maybe followers and, and people... Uh, being influenced and stuff maybe changes the hierarchy a bit for real. But overall, I would say that at the end of the day, basically everyone's, you know, essentially the same, but they aren't. Um, so, you know, what we see in a gaming community is you see, you know, like player to player communication, whether you're friends or strangers, um, you see players communicating with devs and you see devs communicating back to players. Uh, you see players interacting with like people who create things, people who run podcasts and make videos and, um, you know, have a high profile. And, and those creators can be someone relatively small like myself all the way up to someone extremely large, like someone like Eric's or, um, you know, skill up and, and so on and so forth. And then you have those creators interacting back with players. So you have devs, creators and players. Um, and, and I think, you know, in my opinion, I don't really value uh, anyone's opinion over another. I, I have definitely gotten over the illusion of, creators having this like ultimate opinion on things i've realized they're just people trying to make videos and get some attention just like i do to a point um devs i definitely give some uh, difference to because they make the game they work on it they're the ones who uh, make decisions and so on but i also uh, always try to re try to remember at the end of the day they're just people um who you know they go to work for a few hours a day and then they go home to their families or their friends or to their pets and they do other things and, and they don't, you know, eat, sleep and breathe division 24 seven, um, like some of the players might. And we had an example of a thing, um, this week where, um, a dev, you know, tried to clarify some information, you know, wasn't a hundred percent clear on it, you know, clarified themselves. Um, and then we're pretty, um, pretty awfully, uh, verbally harassed to the point of basically just saying, Hey, I'm bouncing. I'm not going to mess with this Twitter thing much anymore because this just isn't worth it. And the thing that I don't think people realize is that, um, like the CMs, like, uh, Amper, uh, even Hamish, I know that he has kind of a different role and Yannick and Pether, they all have kind of unique roles now, but you know, those guys, uh, Ella, uh, even Johan and, uh, Zaid and Chris, um, we just like those guys get paid to interact with us. Right. So if you ask Amper a question on Twitter, um, there's a good chance his response is going to be, Hey, I'm not sure yet. I don't know about that, uh, but I'll get back to you or, Hey, thanks for the info. I'll pass that on to the, to the people 
who fix those things. Uh, thank you. You know, and the reason that they respond like that is because it's their job because they know that if they confirm or deny something or make a statement that they are representing uh, Ubisoft and massive and the division directly. The difference is, is these, these developers that you see on there, you see Thylander on there a lot. You see Terry Spear. I feel like those are the ones you see the most, but you see Julian on there quite a bit interacting with people. And the thing that I don't think people realize is that those people are not paid to do that. So when you're interacting with one of the community managers, they are doing their job. When you're interacting with a dev, you're just interacting with another person who happens to work on the game. Now, a part of the reason that, you know, maybe they don't always respond to things and such is because, you know, they don't want to be wrong about stuff or mislead people or whatever. But the problem, the thing is to me, and what I'm getting at here is that um, the anonymity of the internet has made people real brave. Um, a, a big issue I feel like I've had personally is that um, I probably act too much like my real self on here <laughs> uh, for better or worse. And I, uh, I don't like when people are wrong about stuff. I love to correct people. Uh, trust me, if you ask Bay Diesel, it's not a thing I only do on the internet. Um, I, when people have opinions that I don't agree with, or when people have opinions that I think are half-baked and silly, um, I love to call them out on them. That's something I do in real life. Um, but what I don't do, or what I try not to do on here, is do things like call names, uh, make threats, uh, you know, behave in ways that if the person wasn't right in front of me, I wouldn't do the same thing. And it's it's something that you know is obviously not shared. I uh, got into an extended conversation with someone who I deal with often, um, who, um, like I basically made a point of saying that, Hey, you can't be mature and respectful and have an actual conversation with people, whether they're a dev or a player or whoever, um, they have every right in the world to silence you, to say, you know, screw you. I don't want to hear you. Um, I myself have blocked plenty of people. I've muted a crap ton of people. Um, and, and I don't try to do that, um, just because I disagree with someone. I make a serious point to hear people out, even if, even if I disagree with them, if they're communicating, if they're trying to engage. My line, personally, is if someone is 100% always negative and attacking, is if someone um, seems less than genuine about the, the points they're making, and kind of seems like they're just saying things to rile people up uh, and that maybe they don't even believe what they're actually saying. Um, you know, people who are really, really nasty and very, very uh, brutal and, and, and just kind of gross and, and really just kind of ignorant in the things they say. Like, those are all lines for me where I say, nope, see ya. I don't need to deal with you. And if you want to be mad about it, make a post about how I blocked you or muted you. It's, uh, it's water off my back, man. I, I'm good. Sorry, but you, I, I do not have to deal with you. And, and the devs don't either. And that's the difference. So, you know, the community managers, while I'm sure they have a line as well, it's also their job. So their line is different. They probably take a lot more abuse than people realize, but it's part of their deal to a point. And you should still be nice to them. Come on. But, but the situation with this dev where, you know, you know, people kind of make an example of getting blocked by them and stuff like that. Like it's not something to like be proud of. Um, and it's, 
probably not because of one instance of behavior. It's probably, you know, a multitude of things. Um, and I guess, I guess like kind of one of my final thoughts on it is like, if you see someone who's being really nasty or, or being, you know, really passive aggressive or or even like really playing a victim in a situation that maybe they started or maybe they're the ones who are kind of pushing it um just take in people's past behavior and take in context um we have some really influential voices and people who um, are well known and, and even really well liked in the community who who have a history of being nasty overly reactive maybe a little immature and um i just think people should really be weary of who they trust and who they support. Um, and, and I think that that uh, little warning uh, should be extended and applied to me as well. I have said plenty of things that made people mad. And uh, just because I say one thing that you like doesn't mean that you should support me 100% because maybe I've said other things that you don't like. Um, I, I really try to stay away from a lot of that stuff. I, at this point, can't think of anything I've ever said or done that I actually regret. Uh, maybe I could have reworded some things, but overall, I'm okay with kind of where I'm at, but, um, I, I think it's just at the end of the day, this, this community is not perfect. I, I see a lot of talk about how amazing this community is and how everyone's in it together and everyone's so excited. Um, and I would say the vast majority of people, that's the case that, uh, every, you know, the majority of people are great, are nice, very supportive. I've, you know, seen this firsthand over and over and over again. But I think to pretend that there isn't, um, uh, you know, parts of the community that are really nasty and, and kind of gross and, um, you know, not so great. Uh, you know, you can't just ignore that part of the community because uh, some of that is represented by some um, by some significant individuals and groups in the community. And I, I think that, you know to think of this community as one giant group together, um, I think is maybe a little silly. Um, it's really just a bunch of relatively small groups who all like a similar thing, uh, but all have very different opinions uh, and have very different ways of expressing those opinions. So I guess I don't really know what the point of this all was, but it was just to kind of get out some thoughts or even just some perspective for myself. Um, I've received a ton of abuse uh, from people uh, to a point, and I'll talk a little bit about that here in a moment, but, um, you know, just, just remember it's a freaking game. Okay. When you're talking to people, be nice. If you can't be nice, you know, just rethink it or don't say anything at all. There's options. Okay. So listener questions, uh, dozer 10 says, do you think gear sets will be the meta like in division one? Or will high-end builds have a place in the meta? Uh, I would argue that gear sets uh, won't even approach a meta. Um, I know that one of them um, has some issues in the Occupy DZ. That gives you shock bullets. And so obviously that's going to be meta until it gets adjusted. If it does, it seems like maybe that's not going to change. I don't know about that. Um, but when it comes to like a PvE side of, of things, or even a, um, a normalized PvP side of things, I would... With the first three sets we've seen, I'd be surprised if they're even hardly used, to be totally honest. Um, the way I see it is that these gear sets kind of seem like they are okay, supposed to be utilities rather than like these OP meta sets, um, which I think is a good thing. Division one, the gear sets kind of ruined build diversity to a point and made it so people ran 
uh, at any given time. And I'm not just talking about 1.8.3 where everyone ran the same three sets, Nomad, Predmark, and Striker. But I'm talking about since gear sets were introduced at the you know, towards the beginning of the game. At, at some point, there was pretty much always one set worth running or some combination through the entirety of the game. Uh, and if anything, by the end of the game, having three sets as meta was actually uh, quite um, diverse compared to basically every other patch we had in the game where there was essentially like one set to run, whether it was like alpha or things like that. So um, I don't think your sets will be meta. I think they're starting them off fairly weak and I suspect we'll see them buffed up a little bit uh, to be more usable. Um, but I don't think that's going to be an issue, at least with those sets that we've seen so far in the direction that we are seeing so far. Thank you for the question. Comrade Zen says, how many uh, have you collected many cards from the deck of 52? I want to say I have like four, five, six of each faction so far. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a way to like, like specifically hunt them. Uh, I'm kind of curious too if there's anything that happens when you get all 52. Um, I think it's a cool thing. Um, what's tough about it is I feel like half the time I run in to the deck of 52 people is when I'm in the middle of fighting like a control point and an elite uh, guard unit that's patrolling. And then all of a sudden this deck of 52 boss comes in and starts pooping on me. So um, yeah, I have a few of them. Uh, I think it's a really cool idea. Whenever I see them, I get genuinely excited. Uh, I don't not, I don't really even know why. I mean, the rewards aren't like ridiculous or anything. It's just exciting to find one of them. Uh, Jernsome, what uh, says, what do you think about taking negatives off the weapon mods entirely? So I already kind of covered this, but overall, I think it's a good thing because I think it was the most efficient solution at this point in the game. And I'm hoping that when they have some more time to go back and, and maybe rebalance some things, I suspect we'll get kind of like a 1.4 ish patch at some point. Now uh, 1.4 in division one basically turned the game from being a bad game into a better game. Uh, I, I don't think division two is in a bad state overall. I think overall it's in a good state, um, even though it does need some significant changes and balancing um, so I'm hoping that, you know, maybe we, maybe we see a, a revisit of the gear of the weapon mods later on, but we shall see. And last, uh, the third Walker says, uh, do you have any new theories on the hunters? Like, where do they come from, etc." You and Splinter Shield were very big on outlining what you believe them to be. Has anything changed? So for me, uh, yeah, my, my kind of theory on them has definitely adjusted a lot. Uh, and the problem is that my theory has actually gotten uh, uh, less interesting because, um, well, so for background, uh, my thought it was actually fairly similar to Splinter Shields, I think, is that uh, when the Shade Agents and Directive 51 and this whole program was, was you know, thought up, um, someone in the government had to have been like, well, okay, so we have this system, we can activate these people, they'll, they'll do this stuff. Um, but they will basically have unlimited power. Um, and what if uh, they take advantage of that power individually or as a group? You know, what's our answer? And so I think, and if I'm wrong, Splinter Shield, feel free to call me out, that we both kind of agreed that the Hunters were some type of plan B um, to take care of uh, rogue agents, uh, but maybe even to just take care of agents in general. 
to prevent them from you know, overstepping their line or, or whatever. Uh, so my kind of where it diverged with me was that I had a feeling that there was uh, another branch, uh, you know, within shade, the shade agency or whatever, um, that maybe had, that was in charge of the hunters. And, and when the agents got deployed to New York and some agents started doing some bad things that maybe they deployed them. Um, I, I don't know if I still think that. Okay. So, so basically what I thought the, uh, and, and we're going to go into some spoilers about the Black Tusk. If you haven't read the books and seen the comics and, and finished the story and picked up all the intel. So uh, sorry if I spoil something for you. You were warned. Um, but the Black Tusk. So basically I thought the hunters were what we have found the Black Tusk to be. So the Black Tusk, as we know right now, are basically a private military company um, similar to the LMB. I actually wouldn't be surprised if we find out that they are the LMB that was mobilized because uh, the LMB in New York City wasn't all of the LMB. The LMB in New York City was just a detachment of, of that private military company that was there to do a job. And then when that job was over, when everything went to crap, they decided to do their own thing with Colonel Bliss. So I suspect that, um, you know, that's kind of the Black Tusk deal. They're working for some shadow government or someone in the government who doesn't like what the shade agents are doing, who, who borderline even thinks that what they're doing is damaging and worse. Um, and it seems like they have their own ideas and they want to take out the agents to explore those ideas. Uh, so that was kind of what I thought the hunters were. And um, there's still a possibility that they're kind of a... Uh, they're still in that boat, um, maybe just a little different, controlled by different people. Um, but yeah, now I'm kind of a little bit uh, confused and lost about uh, what the hunters are. Uh, I know there's theories that float out around about them being like Russians and stuff like that. Um, someone pointed out that a couple of the hunters, I guess, have like Marine tattoos on them um, or like American tattoos. Uh, things that are obviously American. Uh, so maybe that was an oversight or maybe that's supposed to be some kind of hint, but I don't want them to be Russians because to me, that's like the, the laziest explanation. Like, Oh, there's Russians. They got us again. You know, like, I don't know. I don't want them to be Russians, but it's as plausible as anything at this point. I'm, um, the, the whole black tusk development has definitely, uh, made me rethink my hunter theory, uh, and I guess the last thing I'll say about it is uh, the hunters are tough um, because if we ever learn everything about them, it'll be cool for a second and then the mystery's dead. And I don't know if I want that. So obviously I'm curious. I would love to have some, some hints, some clues, some, some interest in who these people are um, who seem so intent on killing us. But there's something about that mystery I don't want to lose. So I'm, I'm curious to how that gets handled. Uh, I suspect we'll, I, I think that these 12 hunters that we messed around with, um, w with the ivory keys and, and all of that, I, I highly suspect this isn't the last time we see hunters. So I can't wait. Okay. So some quick content updates before we bounce. Um, so I've been a little bit absent. I didn't stream during the week last week. Uh, it was just kind of a busy week, but um, I've even kind of, uh, 
I don't plan on ending anything. The podcast will continue. I actually love the podcast. The streams will continue when I'm able and as often as possible. Um, for full clarity, I believe I'm at like 50 something, 60 subs. Uh, and I, and I genuinely believe those people deserve, um, streams and I enjoy doing the streams and interacting with those people. So, um, that's going to continue. I will say my dreams of being partnered and stuff on, um, I just can't pull, you know, seven, eight hour streams, you know, five, six times a week. It's just not possible. And especially with the baby coming, so I've kind of put my partner dreams uh, a little bit to the side. Um, but honestly, uh, at this point with Twitch, I don't really see the advantage other than the check mark, if you want me to be honest. But uh, and then Twitter, you know, I, I'm still pretty active, as most of you know. But so like kind of where I'm at. So we are um, about we're actually more than halfway through uh, the, the pregnancy um, with my with my wife. Uh, she's due here in, uh, in around August. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're, we're preparing our home. We're preparing ourselves. We're preparing our lives uh, for, uh, this little bundle of joy that's on their way. Um, and I'm kind of trying to refocus a bit. Um, I'm not very healthy right now. Um, I am overweight you know, I've gained a lot of weight in the last year and a half or two years. I stopped playing sports like I did back, you know, couple years ago um you know i I'm, i want to get back to that stuff i want to start eating healthier and, and and being better and honestly the more i do that stuff the more uh high quality i think the things i do in relation to this will be um my streams you know i stream at probably the worst times possible on the weekends i stream in the morning during the weekdays i stream a couple times like early in the like late in the afternoon uh in the united states uh, and it just kind of seems like no one's really around <laughs> most of the time when I'm wrapping streams up is when people seem to be uh, jumping on and saying hi. Uh, so it's something I, I'm going to try to adjust to mix up a little bit more. Um, and then the last thing is I, I'm just a little, I'm not burnt out. That's not the right word. That doesn't feel right. Just a little tired. Um, I'm kind of tired of being attacked. Um, intentionally misunderstood, called names, and even just straight lied about. Um, I, you know, I, I've had multiple situations in the last few months where people, you know, it, most of this has been private, but they've tried to, you know, start things up with me that I have no desire to get going, uh, straight lied about things, just done some weird stuff. And, and the thing that people have to understand is that this is this is a hobby for me. This is my fun. Uh, I I went from just liking and enjoying to play games to getting involved the way I have. Um, I I don't, you know, I enjoy being a small little voice in this community. Um, what I don't enjoy are literally like attempted like character assassination, uh, instant and instances of trying to like start beef with me. Um, you know, privately for the most part, uh, and just people who, you know, seem to pay more attention to me than the people who actually like me, you know, um, it's just not worth my time and it's not worth, uh, I'm a relatively sensitive person when someone's mean to me, you know, it, it hurts. I don't like it. It feels bad. You know, I don't enjoy when people, uh, you know, stalk me and say awful things every time I make a post about anything or, 
you know, take offense to every word I possibly say, even when there's no offense intended, uh, despite what I say. Um, I, I know that I come off kind of rough sometimes when I go after people's opinions or ideas or what they say. Um, and like I said before, it's, it's not personal. It's just uh, for better or worse. It's just the kind of person I am. And, um, I try to word things as well as I can. Don't always do that perfectly. Um, but I just, I guess it's just, I, I just want to be clear that like, I'm never trying to be mean. Um, I'm never trying to attack someone um, themselves. Um, I may be going after your ideas or what you say, uh, but it doesn't seem like everyone can handle that. Uh, and a part of me, you know, wants to try to be a little more clear, maybe choose my battles a little more effectively. Um, but uh, to a point, I'm also probably not going to change entirely. Um, I, I would more likely uh, quit uh, than change in a lot of ways. So, you know, I, I'm not going anywhere. I want to keep doing stuff. I, I really do enjoy this stuff. I love the people I've gotten to meet and interact with and talk to, and um, I don't want that to go anywhere. Um, but, you know, I need to make some changes for me and for my family, um, and, and I'm kind of doing that. So I hope you all can be patient with me and uh, still appreciate the things I'm able to do, and, uh, you know, we'll we'll find a new normal. In other news, uh, the Division Two Hub Twitter account hit 3,000 followers, so I very much appreciate it. Uh, if you guys don't follow that, it's basically getting me and information from me without my opinions. So if you prefer that, uh, it's at the Division 2 Hub on Twitter. Uh, and the last thing, just a reminder, the uh, giveaway to celebrate the release of the game and a whole year of podcasts is currently ongoing. It's a GiveLab giveaway. The, the link should be somewhere here where you're listening to this podcast. Or you can check out my Twitter and it should be posted uh, somewhere on there. Um, I'm giving away all three of the Division Extremist Malice comic books, the Broken Dawn novel, uh, the World of the Division art book, and the official Division 2 steel mug. So be sure to check that out. Okay, well, if you like the podcast, please follow on whatever platform you are using. If you're on iTunes, please rate the podcast and leave a review. It helps me out. A ton. If you check out the podcast on YouTube and you want to see more, please sub the channel, uh, like the video, and comment below with anything you feel like throwing out there. Uh, I am on Twitch where I stream multiple times a week and on Twitter, both as a Bond Diesel, uh, where you can also find some other content links and so on and so forth. And uh, that's all I have. So until next time. <laughs>